Chapter Nine of Poppy's Presents by Mrs. O. F. Walton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Esther Ben Simonides. Chapter Nine. John Henry's Burn. I have read the story of a fairy who came down into a dark and dismal room where a poor girl clad in rags was cleaning the fireside, and who by one touch of her wand had changed everything in the room. The girl found herself dressed in a beautiful robe, and everything around her was made lovely and pleasant to look at. It. It was a new place altogether. Now, I think the grandmother was something like that good fairy, for it was perfectly wonderful what a change she made in the course of a few hours in that dismal house. No sooner had she had a cup of tea than she took off her bonnet and shawl and set to work to put things in order. First she gave the babies a warm bath and cried over them and loved them to her heart's content, and then as they had no clean clothes to put on, she wrapped them in some of her own garments which she took from her bundle, and soothed by the unusual comfort and cleanliness, Enoch and Elijah were soon fast asleep. Then Grandmother trotted downstairs again for more hot water, and washed Poppy's poor sick mother, and brushed her tangled hair, and then dressed her in one of her own clean nightgowns, smelling of the sweet field of clover in which it had been dried, and put on the bed a pair of her own sheets, which she had brought with her in case they might be useful. Oh, how grateful Poppy's mother was! Granny, she said as she gave her a kiss, I haven't been so comfortable never since I was ill. I declare I feel quite sleepy. Well, go to sleep, my lass, said Grandmother. That's the very best thing you can do. So she laid the babies beside their mother in bed, and she and Poppy went downstairs. Now, my little lass, said the old woman, you and me will soon tidy things up here. It was wonderful to Poppy to see how quickly her grandmother could work. She was a brisk, active old woman, and in a very short time, all the cups and saucers and plates were washed and put by, the fireside was swept, and the kitchen table was scoured. Then, leaving Poppy to wash the floor, her grandmother carried off the heap of dirty clothes lying in the corner into the tiny back kitchen, and long before Poppy's mother or the babies woke, there were two lines of little garments hung out to be quickly dried in the scorching afternoon sun. "'And now, Poppy,' said Grandmother, "'fetch my basket, my good little lass, and we'll unpack it.' Oh, what a basket that was! Poppy's eyes opened wide with astonishment when she saw all that it contained. There was a whole pound of fresh country butter, a loaf of Grandmother's own homemade bread, a plum cake she had made on purpose for Poppy, a jar of honey made by Grandmother's bees, and a box of fresh eggs laid by Grandmother's hens, a bottle of thick yellow cream, and, what Poppy liked best of all, a bunch of roses and southernwood and pansies, and lavender from Grandmother's garden. It was very pleasant to get tea ready when there were so many good things to put on the table, and it was still more pleasant when Poppy's mother woke, to take her a cup of tea with the good country cream in it, and to watch how she enjoyed some thin slices of Grandmother's bread and butter, and a fresh egg led that morning by little Jenny, the bonniest hen of the lot. "'Now, Poppy,' said Grandmother, when tea was over, "'you get on your hat and go out a bit. You're a good little lass if there ever was one. Bless you, my darling, my own John Henry's barn.' "'But you want a bit of rest and play. You do indeed.' "'Yes, that she does,' said her mother. "'Why, it's weeks since she got out for a walk. Not since I was in bed. Bless her.' So Poppy put on her hat and went out. It was a lovely summer's evening. The great heat of the day was over, and a gentle breeze was blowing, which was very cooling and refreshing to the tired little girl. She went slowly past the great cathedral, and she thought how beautiful it looked, standing out against the quiet evening sky. Then she climbed up a flight of stone steep, and these took her to the top of the old wall, which went all round that ancient city.' And now Poppy had a beautiful view, over the tops of the chimneys and across the black smoky courts, to where the green fields were lying in the evening sunshine, and the river was lighted up by the rays of the setting sun. And there on top of the old city wall, in a quiet little corner where no one could see her, Poppy knelt down and thanked God for hearing her prayer, and for sending Grandmother to help her. On the way home she met Jack coming to meet her. "'Poppy,' he said, "'I've got a present for you.' He put his hand under his thick fustian jacket, and pulled out something tied up tightly in a red cotton pocket handkerchief. "'Come and sit on this doorway, Poppy,' he said, "'and look what it is. "'It was a large green apple.' "'Why, Jack,' said Poppy, "'where did you get it? "'It's a funny time of year to get an apple. "'I didn't know there was anything left.' "'No, it's a real curiosity,' said Jack, 
and I said to myself when I got it, Poppy shall have that big un. She was such a plucky girl that night in the tower. She never whimpered nor nothing. So I tied him up in that handkerchief, and there he is. Thank you so much, dear Jack, said Poppy gratefully. But however did you get it? Why, it was old Sellers, the greengrocer, gave him to me, said Jack. Him as has a shop in Newcastle Street. He called me in, and he says, Do you want a job, my lad? And when I told him, Yes, I do, he sent me to clean out his apple room, where he stored his apples in winter. So he took me in, and it was a sight. Such a sight as you never saw, Poppy. Scores of them all rotten and smelling. Aye, they were horrid, said Jack, making a face. All but half a dozen that were quite good. Well, I picked him out, Poppy, and took him to old cellars, and he gave me half of them. So I had one myself, and I gave one to Sally, and I kept the biggest of them all for you. It was good of you, Jack, said Poppy. Well, eat it, then, said the boy. They're very nice, as good as can be. And he smacked his lips at the recollection. But Poppy had rolled her apple up in her pinafore, and did not seem inclined to begin to eat it. "'Whatever are you keeping it for?' said Jack, in rather a disappointed voice. "'Jack,' said Poppy, stopping short and looking up in his face, "'is it for my very own?' "'Why, yes, Poppy, of course.' "'To do just whatever I like with it.' "'Why, yes, of course,' said Jack again. "'Then I shall give it to my grandmother,' said Poppy. "'She's come today, and she's ever so good to us, "'and God sent her, and she's cleaned the house beautiful. "'I shall give it to my grandmother, Jack.' "'All right,' he said, "'only I'd like you to have just one bite yourself, Poppy, "'to see how good it is.' He was quite satisfied when Poppy promised to ask her grandmother to give her the last bite, and the little girl hastened home, feeling very happy, and picturing out to herself what a great treat the big apple would be to the old woman. Here, she said, holding out to her, it's all for you, grandmother, only Jack wants me just to have the last bite. All for me, repeated the old woman, as she looked up from the work she had in her hand, a little old torn frock of Poppy's which she was mending. Yes, said the child, all for you. Well, it's a beauty, I'm sure, said grandmother, turning it over in her hand. But you see, my dear, many's a long day since I've eaten an apple. Why, my little lass, what can an old body with only two teeth do? Do try, Granny, said Poppy, holding the apple to her mouth. It isn't so very hard, and Jack says it's so good. Do try. End of chapter 9